talking about bass, talking about chips, talking about rings. You ain't got them, zip your lip. You got a problem you ever found? Check your grounds. It's show about to start. Start. Tune in. 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 It's Weekend Car Audio. Welcome to This Week in Car Audio with your host, the Judge, Doug Stockton, co-hosted by Mr. Jeffrey Fernandez, the movie star. Uh, What's going on, Jeffrey? (laughs) Uh, It's going good, good. Uh, Man, I haven't been in a movie in a long time. I know. Uh, I need to to get back into it. (laughs) Just a couple of of commercials here and there, but, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get back into the movie scene. That'd be cool. So how was your show this weekend? Uh, It was good. It was good. Um, Generally, though, you know, October, um, we have world finals. And generally, uh, you know, like months after that is kind of like the down season (laughs) uh, for, for, you know, for a couple of organizations, really. Um, So, uh, but, uh, you know, we're keeping it going here in Texas. Uh, we, we just did a show, okay, like you said, uh, this past weekend. I know, um, trying to get on points for next year, whatever. <laughs> exactly, yeah, you know, um, it's never too early to get points for finals, right? Right. Uh, so, um, I, you know, the weather was uh, kind of cold as well, so we kind of uh, had a smaller crowd than usual, but uh, that's, you know, to be uh, expected, of course. But, uh, man, um we're uh, heating up with the uh, base race. Uh, we uh, had a new competitor, uh, believe it or not, first time, and get this, first time competitor for her. Okay. <laughs> so it was, it was, uh, we got a girl uh, competing. Uh, it was her first uh, competition, and guess what? She won. Oh. She actually uh, took but, out, but, uh, uh, you know, she took out a world keeping- finalist. Uh, was a competitor that uh, went to world finals this past October. Um, you know, she ended up beating him, took first place. Uh, I'll let you guys check out the uh, the stats and, uh, you know, the results on dbdragracing.com. But uh, overall, it was a fun show. Um, you know, Julius Mac Johnson was there. Uh, of course, he's at all the events. Yep. Uh, I presented him oh. his uh, points jacket I for a winning up in cycling yeah yeah he was you know super ecstatic about it he loved the jacket um there's a bunch of pictures that we took um you know it was uh it was a really cool show pretty laid back eric so hansen says it wasn't uh, gonna be interesting that she beat <laughs> oh he had to say that huh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah uh let's just uh you know keep it out of you know world finalist in in base race uh is who ended up succumbing to uh, this first time competitor but you know I, we all know how base race goes right and uh what i forgot to mention um i, I don't know can we go straight into it or did sure you wanna, I, I i didn't mean to cut you off and i don't know if we want to thank uh, thank our sponsors oh yeah, sorry sorry quick, yeah or... let's uh let's get to our sponsors <laughs> real quick uh before we get going on i always want to thank our sponsors uh, the sponsors we have are Ebox uh, out of Texas. There, uh, design and fabrication. Uh, we also have um, Crossfire Car Audio and Voodoo Customs. Customs. If you guys ever want to support somebody, you should support somebody that supports the things that you guys like. 
Uh, SQ Sounds popping in out of Bridgetown, Barbados. We are worldwide here. Um, hey, just uh, let you know, uh, yes. Tristan, um, I got a call or a text asking me to possibly go to Brazil for judges training. So that's something uh, wow. you guys might want to um, just just so you know. Uh, talking about February, March, possibly for judges training over in Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. All right. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, so yeah. So what, what were you talking about? Base race. Oh yeah. Uh, sorry, but I, I didn't want to get on a tangent and just keep going on, yeah. and, on and forget <laughs> our sponsors. But uh, yes. So yeah. What I forgot to mention last week when we were yes, doing a, a, a finals recap was uh, the bet that uh, some of the judges had myself along with uh, you and uh, Chris uh, Gregory yep. uh, out of Tennessee. Well, so, Chris. yeah. So real quickly, it was a bed between us three, um, basically representing our territory, uh, me being Texas, Doug being California, Chris uh, in uh, Tennessee. And I guess the judge that had the <laughs> maybe least put amount it politely, at the least amount of wins, exactly, perfectly put, uh, had to wear this T-shirt at the uh, competitor party that was designed by the winner. Uh, the, I guess the judge with the most wins. I guess we That's could say. Correct. And um, unfortunately, I did not win that bet, <laughs> and I had to uh, wear the T-shirt that was, uh, you know, classy, classy uh, made by uh, uh, Chris, and I have the T-shirt right here. Yeah, so on the front here, if you can see, it says Tennessee Base Racers. Okay. Bass Racers, yeah, yeah. Like Base Racers, fishing. and we uh, <laughs> turn it to the back here. <laughs> it says, better luck next time, Jeffrey. Tennessee 2, California 1, Texas 0. Yeah, and, and it's and, signed. Uh, I, uh, I, yes, I, I made sure to have them sign. All the Tennessee Base Racers sign the shirt. And let me see if I could exit out i think there's a way i could exit out I, there's a picture um of me let's see share screen so you bring it up on your screen and then hit share screen or virtual oh, it's do? on virtual background so oh okay i put it on there and, oh okay and yeah there oh. you go i don't know <laughs> can you can you see that so that <laughs> that was me uh, wearing the shirt at the competitor party. I wore it backwards, but you couldn't tell because <laughs> I had my collar covering it up. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it had all the, the information on the front that people needed to see. And uh, uh, to the right here was a picture that, uh, uh, yeah, Chris Gregory presented the shirt to me. And there's a, there's Ebox, the Texas That's... competitor that let me down. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> who uh, basically <laughs> but uh, wasn't able to pull it off for me. So, you know he's 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 forgiven. You know it happens, but he's he's on my uh, my you know what list. So <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. But speaking of Tennessee base racers, we actually have a world champion, one twenty nine point nine, Tennessee base racer himself, Mr. Chris Cardell. Cardell, yeah. also the Trunk Five K world champion for twenty twenty three. Welcome, Chris. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. No, it's great. He's great a champ, champ, double champ. Yeah, champ, 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 champ. Uh, so, um, when uh, did you have anything to do with the shirt? 
<laughs> you know, I, I, on here. I, I really <laughs> thought it was going to be something worse than that. Um, <laughs> I, I promise you, if I, I, I would have won, it would have been so much worse. I promise yeah, you so that. I, I thought it was really scary. Down for for Chris to just uh, come out with that third and have a sign. That, so I I think Jeffrey came off pretty lucky on that deal. I, all I asked from Chris was, "Hey, keep it." So good thing he did. Mike Jones yeah. popping in saying, "Hey, they, they, did, they did a good job on it. They did a good job on it." Yep, Eric Hansen ah, says okay. he's he did much better in Air Owensboro. And uh, uh, Tiffany yeah. from Bridgetown Redeemed Barbados himself says, "Congratulations." Sure. So. Yeah, so um, being a Tennessee-based racer thank you, thank and you. claiming uh, the 29.9, that's really cool. So uh, why don't you tell us about your vehicle equipment in there and all that stuff? All right, so, and, and just to be clear, I'm a, I'm a Tennessee-based racer in Kentucky. And, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was like, hey, he's from Kentucky. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I represent Southern Kentucky part of that. So, uh, but anyway, but now I've got a, um, I've got a 91 Civic Sedan. Um, really a simple setup because the my part that i compete with because it's completely separate than the car um but uh basically run sound digital amp run um sundown subs um and excess power um fighting batteries and um i mean that's really the the gist of it it's, it's nothing complicated uh what subs are you running a pair of 12s pair of 15s i'd run a pair of the 15 uh, uh v3s 15 inch V3s. So that's like a mid-level driver for them? No, that's that's probably going to be the top of the food chain. Oh, okay. So that's for, not for short anyway. of Neo or something? Yeah, it's it's a Neodymium. Oh, it is a Neo. Yeah. So it is, it's yeah. one of their Neo drivers. I'm not super familiar with the uh, with the Sundown brand. I don't see it a lot out here in California. You know, we, we see a lot of the uh, uh, DC audio, obviously, you know, since we're their right. local. Um, so we see a lot of that out here. Um, I, I, you know, and theirs is real easy to tell whatever level it is, the higher the level, the better the subwoofer is. So <laughs> level I got one you. being I the bottom, you. level six being the top, right? So it makes it real easy <laughs> well, to they, tell. They went from V1, V2, and now V3, and who okay. knows, we'll see if Jacob <laughs> comes out with the V4 here in the next year or so. No, that, that's cool. I mean, um, yeah, so... So why don't you tell us, uh, kind of, first off, what got you into car audio? So what what was your start in the car audio world? So I can actually tell you the day, like, well, the, the time. When I was 15, me and my dad were going, we're walking into a Walmart store. And a gentleman pulled in with a, uh, a uh, lowrider mini truck. This was back in about 1989. Right. And uh, had, a snug, had a snug top on it, and he was jamming as he came into the uh, the parking lot. I was 15 at the time, and from then on, I was like, when I made enough, when I get my car and I can drive, I want that. And so from, from then on, uh, when I got my first car, my dad helped me hook up my first system, and then after that, it, it, it was, that was it. I, uh, wound up uh, working for a shop, a, a local shop here in town, Postal Electronics, did that for about 17 years and um, started competing actually in sound quality uh, back in about 1995. Sound quality. And uh, <laughs> uh, I actually got into SPL in, in 2005, did that for a few years and then kind of took a hiatus uh, 
um, focused more on the family and then got back into it back in 2017 and been back in it ever since. Uh, real quick, let me, will... let me ask you real quick. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, sorry, real ahead. quick, Josh says uh, to tell Chris we need to rerun just for fun. Uh, there Josh we go. Tate, oh, yeah, no, uh, Team I'm, DC, I'm... Josh. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, what were you saying? No, I, I'm down. Hey. Oh, I, I was going to ask uh, Chris here. Um, so, do you recall that song you heard coming out of that lowrider? No, I, I don't remember that. I, my, my memory's not that good uh, anyway. Okay. okay <laughs> it's so like some people, like, they'll they'll know exactly right what here. song they heard that just right. got the right there, got them into, you know, a bass. Uh, so, so, here, here here's my <laughs> first experience with extreme bass we'll call right other than just mm. kind of hear a little bass uh nevada auto sound right here in reno um i was getting into car audio i thought the bump was real cool and this and that and so i was there checking out the m&m godfather subwoofers and uh they, so they did oh, wow. they sold high phonics amps and godfather subs and so i'm in there checking out i go to walk out the door the guy named i believe his name was brad he had a Nissan oh. mini truck, but it was jacked up mini truck because, you know, here in Reno, we get snow. So he had like, you know, like 28s on it or something, right? So it was a jacked up mini truck <laughs> with a camper shell with 815s and a Hyphonic Zeus on it playing uh, wow. Madonna like wow. a prayer. And I walked out and it has the, you know, at the beginning. And then it hits that first note, bam! I was like, oh, the hell was that? Because I need that. That's that's what you knew, right, Doug? So I, I am one of those guys that I can remember the moment. I remember the truck. I remember what he had. I remember the song. Yeah. You know, that's how profound it was. Hey, what, what year was that? Uh, let's see. So I would have been 15, what, what year was that? So that would have been 88. Ah. 88. All right. Chris yeah. was 15 also. That seems to be like the uh, the going age when when you hear that first car and you're you're hooked. <laughs> but you, you know, in that time period, it was uh that that was real when it was really starting to get big. You know, mm. um, you, you started having big systems, people putting as many woofers in, and it was really starting to pick up pick up the pace and pick up popularity back then in the late 80s. Yeah, um, there was sure. somebody with a 68 bug that was literally two blocks away and they were a Rockford Fosgate dealer and they had 16 10s, I believe, running like four punch 150s um, in, <laughs> in the bug. And that was like the yeah. competing system, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, oh, Brad Stout. Uh, Brad uh, is the owner of Nevada Auto Stout. That's what it was. Hmm. And okay, so check this out. Right across the street from Nevada Auto Sound used to be the movie theater in town. And they could only play the song every like for two minutes every hour because they would disrupt the movies that were across the street. <laughs> uh, Michael Longstreet uh, chiming in here says uh, probably because at 15 you start paying attention to cars <laughs> he, he might not be wrong so true <laughs> no i agree with that i agree with that yeah, yeah. so so your dad um so was there somebody that was an influence to you also um obviously your dad helped you out um 
you know, part of what we do on this podcast too is we talk about not just the person that's on here right now, um, but you know, what brought them to it? You know, who's a influence in their feet in their, you know, sometimes it might be your mom, your grandma, your dad, you know, somebody, your uncle, a lot of uncles that really brought them in, um, uh, you know, brought them into this and kind of helped them along the way. So what was your, who's your, like the guy you looked up to when you started doing car audio stuff? Uh, you know, that, and, and my talk about my dad, you know, he, he didn't have a big system. But he didn't. He didn't have factory systems either. You know, he he would. He he supported me. He had you know he he had a shaft mounted Pioneer cassette players and acoustic two channel amps on a set of six by nines. You know that was that was kind of the maybe an EQ booster in there, and then that was the gist of it. And then when I was able to to drive and do my own, I took it to the next level. And and from then on, I mean that's literally all I ever wanted to do. I mean, whenever I got my my job at the shop, you know that that to me then that was my dream job, and that was in '97, and uh, that that's all I ever wanted to do. That's all I was concerned about, and um, you know, it, it the the problem with it was is it went from being a hobby to being a job, and, and then you get burned out. Yeah, and, and an addiction, and <laughs> and now um, I left the shop in 2013, and uh, and now I'm I can do it as a hobby again and really enjoy it. Yeah, that's like the mechanics so, car is never working right. You know, the carpenter's house yeah. is never done. Uh, same thing, you know. So no, that, yeah, that's yeah. My cool. my thing was is I I never I never made enough money to be able to pay somebody to to do the work for me, and so all my stuff was hands on. You know, learning hands on, and of course making mistakes and learning from those mistakes oh, and yeah. building on that and and just going from one step to the other and you know you got paid on friday and <laughs> by saturday the paycheck was gone because you spent it all <laughs> yeah. yeah for me it, it seemed like I, I paid the money at first to like i think i paid somebody 45 bucks just to put in my head unit in my uh, toyota corolla and i was like dude this is all he did you know I, then i started tinkering and i was like you know putting in head units and amps and subs after that so it was kind of like a little bit about the opposite for me so i was like wow this stuff's pretty easy i guess <laughs> well I, I was lucky i never i never burned my car down to the ground or or destroyed anything so i, I was i was guess i was pretty fortunate that i never damaged anything major anyway <laughs> so, so that that for people out of long time listeners they'll remember this story but uh so when i my very first car that I owned and I installed the stereo, I shoved all the speaker wires underneath the, um, the, um, underneath the, the plate right there that goes underneath the door jam, the door jam plate with a screwdriver. Yeah. <laughs> Lo and behold, a lot of uh -oh. smoke came out from underneath that door jam one day. <laughs> uh, Dave oh, Wayne Hunt says he's learned a lot from you. Um, so, do you remember cool. specifically what your first subwoofers you bought? So, for me, I bought two tens and two twelves, uh, both of the Rockford or sorry of Eminem uh, Godfathers, and then I bought a, a Punch One Fifty. No, I'm sorry, a Hyphonics One Fifty Odin and a Hyphonics One Hundred Cyclops. 
were the that was my first real stereo stuff I bought. What do you remember what yours was? So my my budget wasn't that high. So um, <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm gonna say I was not a good boy at that time in my life. So I may have got those things fairly cheap. Just saying. So my my first system, and I'll just say this was my first complete system. Let's put it that. So um, had a Pioneer Shaft cassette player and a dash. Had a set of Pile four by tens in the rear deck, and then had a Jensen, I think a A two twenty amplifier running a. 15-inch MTX Terminator sub in the back and an acoustic 190 amplifier running the Pile 4 by 10s in the rear deck. There you go. And all this all this was in a 82 four-door Cutlass Supreme. Cutlass Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> so so my, my first system I put in my Trans Am was, so I had, uh, that was the 412, or 212s, 210s. Two, two, two 12s facing up two tens facing forward. Um, I had Pioneer 6903s, I think they were, the six by nines. Yeah, the three ways, six by nine, three way. So 6903, uh, TS 6903s. Um, I had the uh, Craco deck with the EQ booster. Yes, Craco with the EQ booster in the dash. Um, And that's what I had as my first real system right um and i didn't know anything about ohm loads or anything i was like man if you wire your subs this way here they they just get louder (laughs) and uh my my amp's on fire because it's so hot (laughs) it's louder but it was definitely louder um and then i uh but the first attempt at like building a speaker box uh I got some realistic, which is Radio Shack. I got one of their 15-inch subwoofers. I put it in a wedge box that fit behind the seat of a truck because my dad had a truck. So I put it in the back of his truck. Uh, Josh says his first subs were MTX. Tyler Archer chiming in. Ah, fancy. Um, says he's new guys. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and anyway, um, and then I was like, I hear if you port the box, it's louder. So I took a one and a half inch hole saw and just drill the hole in the side of the box, make it louder. <laughs> I, I truly don't believe that made it any louder. No, probably not. Uh, well, so, so tell me, Chris, with that, with that first setup, do you think you would have been able to base race back then? Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no so many things have changed since then, and, and luckily for the better. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see. I, I, I will tell you one of the things um so probably i'd say six months after that um i actually got my favorite subs they're still my favorite subs today were the old kicker comp go letter 12s i got it wound up getting a pair of those built the, the right enclosure for it and by far was one of the loudest setups i had in my car for for a long time i used those subs for a long time and um that that the, the old kicker competition go letters are still some of my favorite even today even though they're nowhere in the ballpark of what we have available for us today but back then they they set the bar for everything else really uh real quick uh That's tyler cool. archer type chimes in with uh new guys are like eq booster question mark <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's an eq booster yeah yeah 
that that was back in the day when you know hey there was a you can either buy an amp that was 150 watts or you could buy a booster that was like 80 watts or 100 watts you know and it was part of yeah. the deck so but no that that's cool yeah and it was it was probably really it was probably really about 15 watts actually is what it <laughs> came out of it. exactly rms i believe yes. that i remember one of the first things i figured out too was like hey my car asked for a 500 cca battery but if i put an 1100 cca battery in here my stereo gets way louder you know starting <laughs> with the pro the prospect of it takes power to make power which obviously i didn't know it at the time right so uh, we all had to learn Yep. And, and uh, as a matter oh, yeah. of fact, uh, that place that had the uh, 68 bug, um, they had a decibel meter. So you would go in and they would charge you 10 bucks and they would hang it from your mirror. So it was a stick mic that just mm. hung over your mirror. And that's how they measured your yeah. DB. And I honestly don't remember what the, my DB was. I think mine, I, I measured mine at the shop here locally. And one of the first times I ever had one of my cars on a meter, and this was on a, a old audio control meter, you know. Yeah. So uh, I think it did like 126 decibels, you know. It, which back then was, eh, it was, eh, it was okay, but uh, by the, by today's standards, that's nothing. Uh, Josh says his. We Kenwood all got to start amp, somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Josh says his Kenwood amp had a zero ohm setting. Wow. Not sure that works. Tell that, tell that to anyone. Yeah, how does that work? Engineers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just run this at zero ohms. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's oh, good stuff. Um, anyway, um, like still, what day is Monte Carlo and what time? Uh, I, uh, people text me in the middle so, of the uh, night. I don't get it. <laughs> Chris, what got you into base racing? Yeah. So this is this is only my second year in and competing DB drag, and uh, and I, I'll say this, you know, <clears throat> I've done other organizations, you know, um, and D, DB drag was always I always saw them as the pinnacle, you know, because DB drag is a worldwide um, organization and, and has been for a while. So you literally have some of the the the, the best competition around. Yeah. Um, but last year I competed and did, I started out, um, wasn't even going to run drag at all. And, um, uh, was asked, uh, actually Dan Horner asked me, um, to, to run trunk 5k for, um, he said, once you get points for trunk 5k, cause I had went to the Newport, Tennessee show, which is a DTX show they had, they had sponsored. And, uh, of course I had, I've, I've known Chris Gregory for a long time and, um, um, at that point, had had met David McKay earlier in the year, and and uh, I got even made the comment to David McKay, you know, I, I'm not ever going to base race, you know, that's not for me. <laughs> and um, but once I kind of got into it last year, um, I, I really got interested in it. And anybody that knows me knows I'm a very competitive person, <laughs> and I and I, I was kind of rocky starting out, and but I, I remember telling Chris Greg, I was like, I'm I'm going to figure this out. And I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it. I'm gonna figure it out, and and that's exactly what it, what I did. I, I just kept practicing and trying to fine tune my system in to, to make it work. And um, all the pieces fell into place. And um, it, now it wasn't easy. I'll tell you that it wasn't easy. It does take a lot of practice, 
and a lot of work like anything else does. But the uh, in the end, it was worth it. Wow, I didn't know that. I thought uh, I actually thought you were a base racer first. No, was not. I was an <laughs> SPL guy first. I, and uh, yeah. but I, but I will say this: I, I do enjoy probably base race more than anything mm -hmm. else that I do. Um, and I think mostly, especially in the twenty nine class, because of the level of competition. That's for sure. I think maybe it was from the uh, uh, the focus you have um, when I saw you at finals uh, last year and and this year. You're there in your chair. You got your you know your uh, head unit. I think you just kind of have it, you know, yeah. right up to butt it up to yourself. You know, not not necessarily a podium, but uh, and you're just controlling it. You know, just. You're just so focused. I thought, man, this guy looks like he's been doing this for years. But uh, like you said, you just, it just takes, you know, a little bit of practice. Well, a lot of practice, I should say, practice and just kind of getting to know your system and, you know, how to control it. So, I, I'll, yeah. I'll say wow. this. So but before I got into uh, to back into competing here in 2017, um, I was drag racing motorcycles. And, and one thing with that is consistency. Yes repetition doing the same thing over and over again and base race is kind of that way as well you'll you'll see me do the same things i set up do the exact same things every time i get to the lanes and trying to be consistent mm -hmm. and that when you're like that it usually keeps you from making yeah. mistakes um don't, don't be in a hurry you know try to take your time try to relax and, and be consistent on how you set the car up be consistent how you do your runs and, and that goes a long way now, uh, with that being said, do you have any like superstitions or uh, I know you said you got to no. have it a certain way. Do you do you do you like you, you got to turn the EQ on first before you turn on the amps or anything, anything like that? I do have a routine I go routine, through as far as right. how I set up the head unit, but I wouldn't call that superstitions. I don't have to have a, I don't have to wear, a, you know, a, a certain pair of shoes or a certain pair of underwear or shirt or something like that. <laughs> When I go to do my, I don't have lucky socks or anything like that, but I, I do, there is a kind of a mental checklist that I do in my head yeah. and I try to follow that every time. And, um, and, and, and like I said, and be consistent. It makes a difference. Uh, we, we got a little uh, special guest there in the uh, chat, Lori Caudell saying he practices <laughs> with his wife in the garage. Uh, yeah. So her, her car is set up as well. I, uh, she, she's got some stuff going on and, and and last year she she did some base race events we actually uh usually will have uh, a base race event here at our house okay. we'll do a 129 uh nine race here at our house um and, and she she uh she started to do that last year and, and she's very and she actually has uh done spl uh with another organization and has done very well she's a two-time champion um herself um, and, and she, she does very good with base race as well. And hopefully one day she can, uh, she can actually stay focused on it more and, and be in the lanes with, with us as well. And, and, uh, and bring some hardware home in, uh, in base racing. Does so, she do the twenties as well? Yeah. Is she a 29. Yeah. Her 29? car, she's got a, she's got a 2016 Honda Accord and uh, it's set up to where, uh, if she wants to base race with this, she can. Okay. Uh, David Wayne Hunt says he eats, sleeps, and breathes competitively. So. <laughs> I believe that's uh, that's the Duke, right? Uh, David? Yes, it yeah. Is. Okay. I, I saw yeah. that name and I, I, I oh, messaged me and I was like, oh, that's the Duke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I, I see Mike Jones popping in here. Um, 
And you were saying that you do an event at your house. So I heard like Mike Jones does some stuff with you guys too. Um, what was going yeah, on? So, with uh, Mike Jones while so while we're talking about that, I'm glad you all let me uh, come on here tonight. Cause one thing I wanted to bring up. So, uh, we're, uh, Mike Jones is a, is a friend. He's a, he's a fellow competitor as well. And uh, Mike's going, him and his family are going through some tough times right now. Um, Mike is in need of a lung transplant. And, um, as, as anybody that has any knowledge about that or any medical, uh, procedure knows that it's not cheap. And so uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to come together as a community, as a car audio community, and one, make, make awareness, and then also to, uh, to raise funds for Mike and his medical um, bill that he's going to endure. So there's a couple things that we're doing. There's a GoFundMe page set up for Mike right now. You can go to GoFundMe.com and search Mike Jones. Um, you'll see my name, Chris Caldell, attached to that. You can donate there. Um, also, on November the 4th, we are in Ashland City, Tennessee, at the Cheatham County Fairgrounds. We are doing a, uh, we're hosting a show. Uh, we're just going to be three organizations are going to be there that day. And we're going to try to raise money for Mike and his family. Um, and I, I really want people to come out, even if you don't compete, even if you're not a car audio person, um, make the appearance. Uh, Mike's going to be there. Um, and it would mean a lot to him. I'd like to get a bunch of people there to show up just to show their support for him and say, hey, Mike, we're, we're thinking about you. And if you can donate, if you do want to enter to get points, that's fantastic as well. Um, the other thing that we're trying to do is we're trying to get um, some uh, manufacturers or dealers or distributors, um, if they can uh, um, chip in and if they have any items they'd like to donate for raffle, uh, we're going to have a raffle set up to try to raise money as well. So. Um, it's one day that we're trying to come together as a cardio community uh, to help Mike and his family and uh, to see if we can make uh, their, their life a little easier at this time of need that they're they're going to have a long road ahead of them in the next probably year and maybe even two years. But uh, I think with with our help and with our support, we can uh, we can make it easier. Uh, Mike's a great guy. He still has a for anybody that knows him. He, he was at finals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, he was there both days. Um, if you notice, yeah. he was on a scooter. He was scooting around on a scooter. Um, uh, but he, uh, he, he literally, um, guys, he, he can't walk from his house to his car and he, he's out of breath. He's done. Um, so, um, he just, um, th this lung transplant is absolutely the most important thing in his life right now. And, uh, th this is bigger than car audio or anything else, you know, that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And, um, I'm hoping that we can come together and make a difference in his life. And so that's uh, real quickly. 4th, right? I was. I just wanted to check with the date. That was November. Yeah, 4th, November the fourth. That's correct. Which is yeah. three weekends from yeah. this Saturday. So. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeffrey. Sorry about that. Um, I was able to uh, uh, find the GoFundMe, and I I did put a link in the comments. All right. Thank you. Um, trying to trying to find a way to uh, pin oh. it. Um, but uh, you might have to scroll a little bit. Um, but uh, it's it's there. It's a. Uh, GoFundMe.com and it uh, has the direct link to uh, the GoFundMe for uh, uh, Mike Jones. And, and I'll yeah. say this, if anybody has questions or comments or if anybody wants to help in any way they can, um, by all means, uh, me and, and Chris Gregory and, and Davey Well, Pop-Tart, you know, we're all trying to uh, kind of putting this on. You can you can reach out to any of us if you have suggestions um, or if you want to donate anything, um, please contact us. You know, we'll be more than happy to listen to you and um, hopefully you, you can help as well. I, I pinned it, Jeffrey. 
Oh, great. Good, good. So, so. if you guys are uh, uh, checking out the podcast today, listening, um, well, we might have to find a way to get it on the uh, listen-only podcast part. But uh, uh, I, I can, I'll put that up tomorrow oh, on the, oh, on awesome. the listen-only podcast also. Okay. Uh, Mike cool. Jones says, thanks for the support, Chris. Absolutely. And he says he loves Absolutely. all you guys, too. Uh, or, and then Lori says, uh, you can also message me or Chris if you want to donate or have questions, which is essentially what you were saying. Along yeah, with we're going to try to keep, we're going we're gonna to try to do, you know, this November 4th show is just kind of a first step on this. Mm -hmm. Um, once, once we get past the holidays and, um, get to the first of the year, February or March, we're going to be looking at doing, uh, more shows, um, probably going to be some base race events, you know, we'll do here at the house and and even maybe two by shows that we can have i've got a place here in bowling green i think we can uh um we can set up and and um and do because i do a i do a local show here in bowling green every year just for our local competitors people that wouldn't usually go to a organization um and we've got a good location we can set up at if we need to 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 um to have db drag or whoever else wants to get involved so who does your DB drag judging when you're there? Does Chris drive over or do yeah, you Chris, just do it? Yeah, Chris comes up. No, okay. Chris comes up. Yeah. That's cool. How yeah, far Chris, of a drive is it for him? Uh, Chris is about an hour away. Oh. So, yeah. Let me, let me say this. Chris, Chris Gregory has done a fantastic job on working with Tennessee oh, and yeah. working with me here in Kentucky on having DB drag racing events and keeping DB drag racing active in this area um with without him it would be hard pressed to find a local show uh, in the nashville nashville area i believe that i uh, chris and uh <coughs> excuse, excuse me um as with always and i mentioned this on every time is enthusiasm is contagious and he's mm -hmm. so enthusiastic and loves the base race and the community and the people, um, you know, all that stuff so much that it just, it, it just oozes contagion and mm -hmm. just being at one of his shows and being around the guy makes you want to compete more. So, um, and even more so, uh, he creates this, uh, nurturing environment where, he does. you know, he, he's willing to help others. Um, yep. he's got his uh, family and, 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 uh, you know, other competitors, within that group got their families involved as well so it's not just hey you know we're tennessee base racers you know we're the best base racers in town type thing it's like hey you know let's all help each other out and uh, I'll, I'll become uh he's got all of tennessee and and even kentucky here with chris uh you know base race and and be world champion so well, one thing that one thing that he does try to do, and we all do, we want to encourage people to get involved because we we yes. want to see we want to see this grow, just like I know you all do in your area. And one thing I will say with uh, with us being able to do satellite locations now, yeah, um, yeah. which we know we can do, we know it does work. Um, you know, it's fantastic. I think we can do a we could set up any particular weekend, and and we could go up against California and Texas or any place else that the judge wants to set up and have a multi-venue two-by-point event or one-by-point event or whatever mm -hmm. and uh, and have even that many more people involved in it. Yep. Uh, Mike Jones says maybe we can even have one at the Fat Farm also. Fat Farm. Yeah, absolutely. Fat as in PH. Yeah, so, uh, 
So Mike, Mike and his his wife Rachel live in Russellville, Kentucky. That's about uh, about 20 to 30 minutes here from Bowling Green. Okay. Um, and they they usually host several shows, uh, different organizations, DB Drag as well. Uh, they are at their place. It's out in the country. Um, they don't bother nobody. There's nobody around. They they got either got corn or tobacco <laughs> or something like that that's being grown around their around their house, their their property there. So. Uh, we can pretty much do just about whatever we want to and not, not bother anybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, Killian's used to do that at their property. I don't know if you ever made a chance over there. Uh, have you even met uh, Gary Killian and his wife, Leslie? I have not met them. I know who they are, but I have not officially been introduced, no. Yeah. They're in Kentucky also, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, he he did a, was a competition at his wedding, wedding. day at we, we at his house, right? That's right. So we did it uh, wow. for his wedding, and then we yeah. also did it for like two of his anniversaries, also. So May seventh. What, what part of Kentucky are they in? Um, that part. I don't know the <laughs> sticks. <laughs> Hold on, I'll tell you right now. Gary yeah. Killian. Oh man, he's got so many posts. Uh, let's see. Maybe you guys crossed paths one day and didn't even know it. Maybe hey, that's a possibility. Maybe okay. <laughs> Okay, that's, that's oh. not that's actually not too far. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, he's in Mayfield. Okay, yeah, that's um, that's probably an hour and a half, maybe two hours from Bowling Green, something like that. Okay, so all kinds of Corvettes in your area, you know, whatever. Well, well the, the one good, one good thing about uh, Bowling Green is obviously the Corvette, um, but Beach Beach Band has a quarter mile drag strip, and so there's always throughout the year there's always something that's going on here in Bowling Green, whether it's Fords or LS Fest or Mopars or you know whatever it may be that there's always something going on so it, it makes it a little more interesting to be in town. Uh, the Hot Rod reunion is one big one that gets that comes here to Bowling Green, um, so you'll see cars out and about. So it's it makes things interesting on a especially during the summer out on Scottsville Road or something like that. You'll never know what you'll see. Now, uh, now do you take your Honda to like these car shows or cruises? I'll take uh, I'll take the Honda to a car show every once in a while. Chris is uh -huh. actually having a car show down in Rivergate on Saturday uh, for a fundraiser, and uh, so I, I'm, I get it out every once in a while. Yeah. But do you ever like like uh, you know the kids do just base down the road? Hey, let let me tell you, uh, <laughs> this, this is made to go fast. It's a Honda. <laughs> hey, all I'll the tell way. you in California, the Honda is the car to go fast. If you see a Honda going down the street, it's probably <laughs> going pretty damn fast. Well, let me tell you, this car is a 56,000 mile original car. It's an automatic and it's the trunk probably weighs as much as the rest of the car does. So you're not going anywhere fast, all right? Yep, that's like, I, so I had a 77 Trans Am and it had, so it's curb weight prior to my stereo system was 3,300 pounds. It was 5,400 pounds when I was uh, driving around with it, <laughs> with stereo stuff in it. Yeah, and it's the Trans Am, it's supposed to go fast, right? Yeah. No, it, it was just supposed to drink gasoline. That was all <laughs> it was. Hey, it almost got eight miles to the gallon, okay? <laughs> but gas was like 78 cents a gallon then. Right. Yeah, it didn't matter back then. Yeah, no. it didn't. It didn't matter. Uh, David Wayne says uh, you're outnumbered, Judge. There's a lot of us Kentucky people in here. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, that's hilarious. 
Uh, Lori here says, uh, we base everywhere we go. Is that true? Oh, yeah. It, you know, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny because, you know, um, when I was younger, every car I had had some kind of system in it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I jammed all the time. If I was in my car, especially as a teenager, there, there was only two volumes, wide open or off. <laughs> and that was it. Um, and now as I've gotten, I don't know if it's older, but, um, which I've got, I've got other cars and stuff, but my car I drive every day doesn't have anything in it. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoy getting out and, and, uh, and being able to jam whenever I get the opportunity, but I got to drive the right car that's actually got equipment in it first. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, was I going to ask? She hasn't asked you. So, your dad was a big influence. Your system, you know, we went over. Um, base race. So, you said you're newer to base race, as in just two years. What yeah, would you say would be your biggest suggestion to somebody getting into base race? Maybe a tip or a trick to help some of these other base racers maybe get over the hump to be, because, I will say, uh, ultimately, with every base racer that I have, um, they don't want to win by one dB. They want to win by a tenth or two tenths at the very last second. You know, they want yeah. it to be a competitive match, and that's the reason they're in base race. So I suspect you're the same way. What suggestion would you give to somebody that's coming up that might just get them to where they were? you know, constantly hitting 9.7s or better to kind of fine tune it. So now they're hitting nine nines more often than not. Well, obviously the, the biggest thing is practice. Um, right. yeah. But the, the one thing I would say, when you get in the lanes, don't, don't even watch what your opponent's doing. Don't even look at his screen. Um, wow. When I'm in the lanes and I'm running against somebody, I, I have, when I do my run, just like when I set up my car, when I set up my head unit, I have a checklist I go through. When I do my run, I'm watching my score and I'm watching the time and there's checkpoints that I'm hitting as I make my run. There's there's levels I want to be at when I'm doing my run, but I, I don't even care about what they're doing. I'm not watching their score. I'm literally watching my, my screen. I'm watching my score and to know where I'm at because if you're trying to start watching what your opponent's doing, you're going to lose your concentration. And once you do that, it's done. Yeah. Um, being consistent in base race for me is the, the biggest advantage that you can have. And that just takes a lot of practice. Um, and I will also, I, I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to say anything else about it. Chris Gregory and David McKay will, will know what I'm talking about. Don't focus on one particular brand. Test different brands. Don't don't just be uh, just don't just because somebody says hey you have to run this particular kind of head unit to win don't listen to that because everybody's system is different. That's uh, uh, test different things because yeah. one thing that may work that one thing that may work well for you may not work well for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, kind of so, like an insight Chris, Chris joke between. I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so but, if, if, if Doug, as you know from finals last year, um, I, I did not use a Pioneer head unit when I yeah. won 29.9. Right. See, that, uh, I, I was going to say that was the inside joke between you guys. Was <laughs> and, and I think you, you even wear the uh, brand uh, T-shirt 
of the head unit uh, that you yeah. use, which is Alpine. And uh, that's that's the inside joke is that you know all the Tennessee base racers use Pioneers, right? But uh, but not not yourself, right? Not myself, no. <laughs> um, I, I actually, uh, uh, of course, and, and of course to go back to Alpine. So the so the shop I worked at, we were an Alpine dealer, have uh, been forever. So I'm a big Alpine guy. I mean, I, they I've always loved Alpine head units. And so when I ran last year, I mean, that's what I used for my base race and my SPL runs. And uh, and it worked great. Uh, one thing for this year is is I kind of started testing different things, started testing testing different brands. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, depending on how the car is set up, some brands work better than others. And uh, Jeffrey will even attest to this. When you're doing just pure SPL, because that's how we were, when we were competing, there wasn't base race. Well, there was a little bit when Jeffrey was, but when I was competing, there wasn't base race. And um, and in SPL, this deck might work with this amp, but you take that amp out and you and you swap that amp, you know, to say you go from Rockford Fosgate to Crossfire, it that deck may not work with that Crossfire amp. Right. Uh, you know, yep. or might might not work with the Rockford amp, or and it might come alive with this different amp. And I I know Jeffrey did because I did too. We literally went through head unit after head unit. I mm -hmm. went after I went through line drivers like crazy, trying to test line drivers. Uh, what, all what are line drivers? Uh, uh huh. <laughs> What's that you're talking about? I've never heard of a line driver. <laughs> so uh, you got a little smack talking going on in the chat over here. Eric Hansen uh -oh. says he wants to get to random numbers. Lori piping uh, in with, you can't handle randoms with this man. Just saying. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and David Wayne says it's Kenwood for him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got oh, a little trash okay. talking going on over in the <laughs> in the thing. Oh, shoot. Hey, let, let me, one, one thing I will say about base racing, this is what makes it so exciting. Anybody can get beat. Mm -hmm, I still yeah. believe. I still believe it's 50% luck and 50% skill. Hmm. Interesting. Because it just, you got to think when you're doing eliminations, you are one tenth away from breaking out, but you don't know how close you are. You don't know how close that tenth is. So I will tell you a little behind the scenes thing. So when we started putting base race into world finals, Wayne was really nervous. He was like, man, it, we're going to have a million ties. And I go, Wayne, you need to drop the hundreds once they go to the <laughs> yeah. brackets because those hundreds tell you a lot yeah. of information. Oh yeah. And yeah. oh yeah. And he didn't he he didn't get that right at first. But then when I started showing him a few runs on video, he's like, Oh, yeah, these guys can balance it in the nine point six to nine point nine nine, you know they can balance in there and be in a really good spot. And so if you remove that, you don't know if you're 9.98 or if you're 9.91, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so it does make it much more difficult losing the hundredth of a DB. And, and the other part of that equation that, you know, started last year was the boom check tracks. Uh, well, we've you only, know, you're just... I've only used boom check and we've only used it out here. I mean, literally since it started. So yeah. for us, that wasn't a change, but I do understand er other areas. It was a pretty yeah, huge well, change. You're, you're, you're just adding another piece of that equation, another variable to that yeah. equation. And, and it makes a big difference. It does. 
Uh, right. Speaking of uh, uh, variables, uh, base knobs uh, seem to be a big variable for some people. Do you use a base knob? One thing I use a base knob for is my SPL runs. So oh, okay. um, when, whenever I'm doing my, my base race, I take the base knob loose and don't use it, no. Okay. Do you use the same head unit for both formats? No, no. Oh, well, wow, that's interesting. It, well, it depends. I, I, I have last year, um, okay. I did. Uh, mm -hmm. This year I did not. So I, I and actually um, I've even used a different head unit to qualify with for base race, and then use a different deck to do eliminations with. Wow, that that's interesting so. to know. Um, yeah, I guess uh, you know when you're locked in, you got your certain uh, levels you want to be at for base race, and you know you don't want to fiddle around when you're doing SPL, and you know it. it it's not the always two, going to be the same adjustments. <laughs> no, it's two two, com sure. two complete different monsters there between SPL and base race for sure. They are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Jeffrey, we're running up on our hour. Um, mm -hmm. Do you want to hit Chris real quick with the question? Sure, sure. Um, all right, Chris, uh, this is a question that we ask uh, all of our guests. Basically, we want to know what is your definition of a base head? My definition of a base head would have to be one... Out of, out of the whole spectrum of sound, the most important part is the bottom end. From 50 hertz and down, 50 hertz to 15 hertz, you've got to, it's got to be loud. It's got to, you've got to hit fill in your chest. Um, you know, if you can put 815s in your car, let's put 20 in there instead. <laughs> and let's turn it wide open. I mean, that's, that's the way I've, I've always been is, is you know, um, hear cars coming from a mile away yeah i want to be that guy i want to be that guy you, you you hear me before you see me and i've always been like that so my my definition of a bass head is the, the the more bass you can put in the car the better it sounds yeah and what we've learned today uh talking with you here is you've been a lifelong bass head probably longer <laughs> you know oh, yeah. more than half your life so man you know, yeah. we go through life not even knowing, hey, I am a base hit. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> no, I, I knew that from the. I knew that from the beginning. <laughs> There's no denying it. Now I will say, I, I do enjoy a complete system. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like I, said, I, I did SQ for a while, and you know, if you look at SQ and SPL, both of them take the same amount of time and dedication to do. Uh, there's not one that's easier than the other. Um, the only difference mm -hmm. is is sq is subjective yep. and spl you're trying to beat the number on the meter yep and that's truly why i moved from sq to spl was um i went to an event and uh the gentleman that they used to say this is what a perfect car was at the event and obviously his car got perfect scores and mine got ass but to me <laughs> uh, well you know but to me I would sit in my car, I would listen to Hell's Bells, and it would literally sound like I was sitting in the center of the bell when the bell's ringing, and then yeah. I would have, I could tell you on the stage where people were playing, and that to me was freaking awesome. That's why I tell yeah. everybody, it does. It, whenever you're into SPL, it's, um, if you're happy with how loud it is, then it's the right SPL system for you. On sound quality, if you enjoy the, the sounds you get and the imagery that you get when you listen to your music, then that's the right uh, sound quality system for you. Don't let anybody else tell you that that's not good enough. 
No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things, te technology and things have changed so much in, in yeah. the last several years. Um, you know, from, from what was going on in the 90s to what's going on now, is it's not even oh, the yeah. same ballpark. Um, I was doing time alignment with lengths of wires and stuff like that. Yeah. And now you just plug in a DSP and you're good. <laughs> right? Yeah. You can adjust yeah, everything absolutely. off the DSP. So. Cool. Um, I want to ask you, Chris, real quickly uh, before we sign off is, so what is your goal going to be for this season? Is it going to be another championship? Is it going to be more of a, a like a helping other people out uh, capacity? Well, obviously, you know, I, I think I'm like anybody else, you know, I, if somebody, you know, asks for help, you know, I, I want to help them. I, yeah. You know, one thing that we don't want to do is we, we, we don't want um, our organization to to fall off and to dwindle away. So if we get somebody that's even at least bit interested, we want to help them out to grow the organization, to make it bigger, to get more competition. Um, you know, I, I'll say this um, about about SPL and the same thing about racing. There's always somebody when you're racing. There's always somebody faster. In SPL, there's always somebody louder. Um, now they may not be louder on a particular day. But there's always somebody louder. Um, you know, when you go to a show and you're up against your competition, all you've got to do is be louder for that day to win that to win that show, whether it's a championship or just a, a regular show. Um, but if somebody needs help, absolutely take the time, answer questions. You don't have to give them all your secrets. You don't have to go into <laughs> explicit detail, but but help them out. And and you know, that's one thing I can say with the Tennessee base racers is especially with base races, they do try to get more people involved. Um, I think DB Drag has done an excellent job on this format, which makes it easier to get people introduced to it, to get them involved. They don't have to spend a ton of money. They don't have to spend a ton of time to get involved with it. And it's a good introduction to to what we do and what we love. Um, you know, my plans for, for next season is to come back and do base race again. I enjoy it. Um, and I also plan on coming back and doing uh, Trunk 5K again. Um, that is a very defend difficult your title. Defend the title. You know, that's yeah. a that's a very difficult class to compete with. Um, there's mm -hmm. a ton of competition in there. Oh, yeah. And I hear and, there's um, a guy in Mexico coming for you next year. I, you know, I, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's always things that you know I've got ideas. You know, I come up with ideas in my sleep, things I haven't thought of. You know, constantly trying to think of, okay, what can we do to get louder? What can we do to improve? And that's, and when that stops, that's when I'll be done. Yeah, I, I, I got it. Now, so does that mean we're going to see a three-peat? Hey, I, I have every intention of three-peating, yes. <laughs> I, I, I heard, I think I overheard you and uh, David McKay talk about uh, three-peats. So I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that. I know that's probably your intention. But I think there's like this uh, inside joke between you guys about the uh, three peat, right? Well, that, David, I, David was trying to go for three peat in 39.9 this year, yeah. and it, it didn't happen. Which you know, it, I don't care what you're doing; it is hard to beat somebody three times in a row. It's hard to win three times in a row. So if if I can pull that off, that will definitely be a huge feat for me, a big accomplishment. You know, something that I'll remember, you know, for forever. So, all right, guys. So we got to sign off here pretty soon. So um, November fourth. Uh, any final words, Chris? Talk about your November fourth real quick. Where people get a hold so, of you? How do people see you? 
all that stuff. So, so you can uh, probably the easiest thing to do is just message me on Facebook is the easiest thing to do. Um, I've, I've had people, that's how most people have contacted me so far. Um, the GoFundMe page is up. If you don't feel comfortable doing a GoFundMe, um, contact me. We, we can work something else out. Obviously, we want to get people involved with our show November 4th uh, in Ashland City, Tennessee, Cheatham County Fairgrounds. If you've got questions about that, please message me and let me know. If you have suggestions on something that we can do to help raise money for Mike, I absolutely want to hear what your suggestions are. If you have donations that you want to give for the raffle, guys, I'd love for, for some of these companies and distributors and stuff to step up and say, hey, we saw your video. Uh, we we want to help any way that we can. Um, if you see my video on Facebook, share it, get the word out. And, um, you know, I, the, if you watch my video, the last thing I, that I always say, and I'll say it here as well, guys, say a prayer for Mike. Uh, there's power in prayer. And send Mike a message. Uh, message him on Facebook. Let him know you're, you're thinking about him. Let him know you're praying for him. Um, guys, Mike and Rachel are good people. And um, they, they need our help and anything that we can do that, to help them, they, they would really appreciate it. All right, Jeffrey, what, any final thoughts from you, sir? Uh, no, it was, it was a good show today. Uh, I know uh, we, we had talked about uh, getting some uh, guests onto the show, and I was there at World Finals, and I was like, man, we need to get Chris on the show. You know, he, he won two different formats. That's, you know, pretty hard enough as it is. Yep. You know, let's uh, let's uh, get on the podcast and see what uh, what he's about. Hey, guys, and I'll say this. I'm, I'm honored to be on here. I appreciate the opportunity to be on here and talk to you all. Thank you very much. All right. And our, our pleasure. And, and for me, I pinned the uh, thing for the GoFundMe. Oh, okay. And I will also put it in the uh, notes for the um, audio only podcast. So I'll get that on there, too. Um, all right. Thank you. But other than that, like I said, uh, on the West Coast, we're looking for Toys for Tots December 10th. Uh, that's with at Brian Nyman's shop. Uh, so if you guys are around for that or whatever, that's an awesome show. Always going to love that. Uh, Jeremy Scroggins, just uh, so you know, he's talking smack in the chat. Oh, no. Your wife's, your <laughs> wife's responded to him. Uh, he's talking about how scared you are to come to 399. Yeah. Well, yeah. your wife says scared yeah. of what and <laughs> hey hey let me let me say this about jeremy okay ask him who won 29.9 last year at finals who'd i run against in finals oh. <laughs> i'm just saying you got to ring the show for it that's all i'm saying exactly exactly hey, and guys i'll say this uh and i think i speak for all the tennessee base racers we look forward to uh to running east coast in texas and anybody else that wants to get involved, we look we look forward to uh, doing a head-to-head -head competition again. Yeah. Chris and I are going to set up a couple of those events, and I'm yes. sure Jeffrey right, will chime in too. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, we guys, I just want to tell you guys once again, thank you for coming in tonight. Thank you guys for paying attention. Uh, keep uh, Mike in your prayers. Uh, if you guys are fortunate enough to, be, to have that kind of money that you can share, um, help the brother out. Uh, let's try and help Mike out. Um, also want to thank our sponsors. Once again, that's Ebox, Voodoo Customs, and Crossfire Car Audio. Uh, without those guys, it would be much more difficult to put on this podcast every week. But we will see you guys again next week at 5.30 California time, the only time that matters. We out of here. Peace. Whoa, whoa.